Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Strother. I'm Tharwit Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears, crushed their limiting beliefs, and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Shifter Podcast. I'm Gretchen Jackson, and we have an actual sweet treat for you guys today. Born and raised in Little Rock, Arkansas, Carmen Portillo moved to the United Kingdom in 2003. While abroad, Carmen had her first handmade gourmet chocolate truffle. Later, she traveled to Paris, France and caught the chocolate fever. Upon returning home over a year later, she longed for that experience again. Carmen set off to study at the Nodder School for Confectionery and Chocolate Arts in Orlando, Florida, and Ecole Chocolat Professional Chocolate Arts. In 2007, Carmen became the first certified professional chocolatier in the state of Arkansas. Carmen is the CEO and chocolatier of Coco Bell Chocolates and co-founder of CB Dolce CBD Infused Chocolate. In April 2019, Carmen was a semifinalist competitor on Bake You Rich, which aired on the Food Network and was hosted by Buddy the Cake Box Balestro. Other features include 2019 AY Best Arkansas Handmade Product and 2017 Vogue Magazine's Culinary Collection. I'm so glad that you're here. So I've known Carmen for a few years through like businessy things, but I feel like I've watched this whole grow up and glow up thing happen with you. Tell us a little bit about your family and what you did before chocolate. Well, um, I'm born and raised in Little Rock, Arkansas, um, have a wonderful family that's been a huge support here for me um, all throughout my life. Um, I guess we can kind of fast forward into this journey that I've been on for a while. Um, and 19, I moved overseas and um, lived there for about almost two years. And I uh, kind of fell in love with chocolate through a series of tragedies that happened while I was overseas, um, but came back here and kind of licked my wounds. Um, but uh, I had no aspirations really to get into culinary arts at all. Um, I kind of came back and did the practical thing, um, finished school, you know, college, went into actually accounting, something that was mm. extremely practical. Um, worked for a few accounting firms for a couple of years, and then I kind of realized that's not really what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I wanted to do something more creative. I'm a great numbers person because I'm a concrete mm. thinker, um, but I really wanted to do something uh, creative, and I've always loved to cook, uh, but I didn't really see that being a viable option for me as far as career. And then I remembered my time in Europe in chocolates, and and when I was there, I um, uh, saw chocolatiers and experienced, you know, those beautiful boutique truffles. And I said, I think that's what I want to do. And so um, at the time, I was a newlywed. And um, I told my husband, you know what, I think I want to become a chocolatier. And he's like, what is that? <laughs> And I told him what it was and I literally got on Google and 
Googled how to become a chocolatier. And so I kissed my husband bye for a few weeks and packed my bags and went off to school and learned from one of the best Swiss chocolatiers in the world, Edward Nodder. And I was in there with pastry chefs and people that had so much experience. And I'm this 23 year old, 24 from Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Tell me what a chocolatier is actually. Like, tell us what the definition of that is. Yeah. So that is someone that is trained to work specifically with chocolate and confections. You have a lot of different pastry artists that may do cakes and uh, other types of confection, desserts, uh, and baked goods. But there's another, I guess, subset of that that has to deal directly with confections. And it's kind of a whole different alchemy, if you will, just like baking is completely different from cooking, right? Uh, people that are amazing cooks hate baking because there's so much science involved. Even mm. in, the, in the culinary world, pastry shelves have to kind of learn different things when it comes to working with sugar and chocolate. So that comes to, you know, I can, I know how to make sculpture out of chocolate. I can do sugar work. Mm. Um, of course I make things that are, you know, edible and delicious to eat, uh, and things like that. So that's kind of what, it's more of a subset and focus, um, in the culinary world. That's so interesting. And I really like, you know, in Shifter, we're all about like chasing your dreams and setting big goals and, thinking outside of the box for yourself. Cause like what you said, you do the practical thing, you go to college, you do the thing, you go into accounting or you go into some career because you think that that's what you are supposed to do. Exactly. And, then, and, but you have this little voice in your head that is like, I'm made for more. What is the more? And so kudos right. to you for chasing that. And I think that's a huge message, especially for women, because when we're born into thinking we have to grow up, be a mom, be a wife, do the yeah. things and not mm -hmm. chase our dreams. So it's yeah. been really fun to watch you grow. Really, really fun. Um, so in your bio, you mentioned that that first gourmet truffle that you had, mm -hmm. I want to know what was so special about it and how long it was on your mind. Like, like when you had that truffle that you thought, Oh gosh, this is, this is what I was made for. Yeah, well, I mentioned it before that that experience in England wasn't the best experience. I was 19 years old. And I'll be completely honest with the audience here. I fell in love at 19 with a British guy. <laughs> I don't know if it was the accent or what, but, you know, I was my freshman year of college and I was like, oh, I'm going to be whisked off to Europe and live this, you know, jet setting life, I thought. And, um, I, I find my, I found myself in a really abusive relationship, um, and physically abusive. And, um, it was really hard year. I'm born and raised in Arkansas. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've never taken public transportation before I'm in yeah. this big city. Um, you know, I hearing all these different languages, all this. So I was so isolated and in just geogra ge geographically from what I knew. And then I was in an abusive relationship. So I was really alone. Mm -hmm. And I remember the time I, I befriended a girl that was there and she took me out shopping for the day. We went into Wimbledon. And it was such a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, town Wimbledon is, of course, where they play tennis and everything. And so we were shopping and there was this tiny little chocolate shop. And I had never been from Arkansas. I mean, chocolate here is pretty much fudge, which yeah. is great. My grandmother made great fudge, <laughs> but I had never seen anything like this other than, you know, our box chocolates at the time were like Whitman's and Godiva. 
So I had never seen anything be created. And so I went into this tiny shop. You see the chocolatiers making chocolate. And I bought these expensive chocolates, okay? I'm with college students. I charge them on my visa. And my mom was like, <laughs> what are you doing over there? And so, <laughs> and so um, that really was like, I was, I was out by myself um, with a girlfriend. I was away, you know, from him, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And this was a treat for myself. I was like, you know what? I deserve something that makes me feel good, something that tastes good, something that's beautiful. And I will never forget that expensive box of chocolates. And I was like, these are amazing. And I didn't obsess over it for long, but it definitely gave me just a sense of comfort and peace and just something that I did for myself. It was I really couldn't afford it. It was selfish. It wasn't an expensive pair of shoes, but it made me feel good and it tastes good. And, and that's what I remember. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember what the flavors are, if I can be honest with you. I just remember it made me happy in the moment. And like I said, fast forward years later, it wasn't until I really started thinking about what I wanted to do um, in life to bring joy to people. And I remembered you know, you can do something creative and you can really bring joy to people. What about when you felt so much joy in that horrible place you were in, you know, that circumstance that you were in when you had that box of chocolates for the first time? That's amazing. I remember when you opened your shop here and Daniel and I came for your grand opening and you had samples and then we so we're sampling and Daniel's like got his mouth full going, this is the best chocolate I've ever had. I mean, it was so different. You're right. It's like, you know, we have Hershey's and we have Godiva and we have all that. And you even can buy the fancy truffles quote right. unquote, in the right. boxes or whatever. But then when you have this handmade and then you show us how you've made it in the back and all of that, it's so special. And we bought some for everybody for, I don't know if it was near a holiday or not. I don't remember, but we bought some for like, we were just making it. Let's get that for my mom and let's get right, that for right, your sister. Right. <laughs> so special. I'm so glad that you chased that dream because you're right. It does. It makes you just for a moment be comforted and like that memory of taking the bite of that chocolate the first time. And I had, and I had hindsight, you know, 2020, I had no clue that that seed was going to be planted mm -hmm. and take years to water and, you know, nurture and whatnot for it to come to fruition. I had no idea that that seed was being planted at the time. I just knew it made me happy. And then I eventually went on my, you know, merry way. And, you know, years later, came that thought it, it just stuck it was just so implanted in my heart and I was really surprised by that because I was like this is so random and um it, and it wasn't until later that I started realizing how obsessed I got about chocolate we started <laughs> traveling to different cities we started traveling the world and I would just have to go to a chocolatier I have to get to a chocolate shop and it just became this obsession for me that's, that's so great. Um, in our pre-interview, um, we kind of talked about some like breakthroughs that you've had and something that you said to me was every part of your journey is intentional and necessary to achieve your goals and dreams. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like, like in hindsight, what you're talking about, like following from that first taste all the way here that everything was just laid out for you and you just, yeah. because you were so open to following it, it right. came to fruition. Right. I really, I, like I said, I'm a concrete thinker. And so I like to control things mm. as well. And there are circumstances that happen to us that we don't have any control over. And to a person like me, 
that can be extremely frustrating. But what I realized as I've gotten older is that those things are intentional for a reason, whether it's a lesson or to lead me to something or whatever. I mean, when I first, another example is when I first started my business in 2008, I was, you know, 25, 26 years old. And, um, I did not realize that the recession, great recession was about Mm -hmm. to hit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, you know, operated my business for as long as I could during the recession. And, um, as far as retail, but when gas prices were at $4 a gallon, people weren't spending $20 on nine pieces of chocolate. You know, those luxury things went by the wayside. And so I had to regroup and I kept moving along and, and pushing along, but I had to regroup and learn how to pivot. But what I will say is that what happened this year with COVID-19, mm-hmm. I was prepared for when the recession hit years before. I was not, I mean, there are obviously certain things that were totally out of our control that I could never have foreseen, but I wasn't over here like ready to burn the house down (laughs) or anything like that. I was completely on fire because I was like, Carmen, you've been here before. Mm -hmm. You have that, what happened to you before and what you had to experience in downsizing and in, in tightening up expenses, all those things that I had to do as a business owner at 26, 27, I had no clue like what to do. Um, I learned those lessons before and it helped prepare me. So then, you know, post eight, nine months of co- uh, coronavirus, I'm still here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's good. That's real good. Yeah. I, um, in our business too, like we went through we didn't go through 2008 with our business, but what we have done is as our business has gone through is we've been able to draw on the years that we've had a slow year or a slow. Mm-hmm. And this year I was so proud of us. We've been in business almost 12 years, but this year we were actually able to say, okay, we will surrender this, whatever is happening to everyone. And it's right. not just us. And we have thrived just because of that mindset change of people go through this, this happens all the time. And in fact, I went to a business conference last November and she said, there will be another recession. Something will happen. And here we are, you know, a year later. And that is what happened. So we have tried to just prepare ourselves and our minds and our hearts for what can happen. And I feel like when you are prepared and you do surrender, then things just kind of fall in line for you. For sure. For sure. I, the end of, 2019 I said I don't know what's going to happen but I I feel like I need to make some changes and be more flexible and willing to pivot and look at some different opportunities and I'm glad I did one of those things that you've done that is another opportunity is the CBD chocolate yes tell me a little bit about that and how that came about so that kind of uh, came about um, early of 2019. Uh, Tree of Life Seeds is a, a CBD uh, company. They produce their own hemp oil um, and they have their own um, grow uh, system there. And so they approached us and they started doing kind of branching off into different products, um, not only, you know, chocolates they wanted to do, but also um, uh, therapeutics for pets and cosmetics, all kinds of things. Um, and I really kind of looked into the hemp industry, obviously as part of the cannabis industry. And, um, at the time, um, that was the, the, the best, uh, avenue that I felt comfortable mm-hmm. going into, um, with everything. And so they approached me and they wanted to do a chocolate line. And so we kind of went to the drawing board and, and 
you know, started producing a couple of different products. We have two bars with them as well as two different types of fudge that we do. Um, and yeah, you know, CBD is, um, you know, something that uh, can definitely help with, you know, everything from inflammation, autoimmune diseases, um, things like that, that people need as far as therapeutics and in a holistic way to help them get some relief. And if you can get relief in a tasty way, rather than right. tincture, that's like, yeah. tastes like grass <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. So our bars are really popular, um, especially among athletes as well. We have several athlete ambassadors. Um, it's a, a broad spectrum, meaning it's a hundred percent THC. So you get everything as far as, um, within the cam cannabinoid uh, spectrum, except for the THC. So they actually, why, why I really love uh, about them is that they have athlete ambassadors, right? Mm -hmm. And that if it's safe enough for an athlete to take and they have contracts and millions of dollars on the line, yeah. <laughs> right? And they test hot for THC. Um, so that's something too, that transparency, that third party testing. So it's safe enough for, you know, if you are an adult and you work in a federal agency and you obviously don't want to, you know, take any uh, thing that has any THC in it. I've used um, CBD oil before bed because it mm -hmm. helps me relax. My, my brain doesn't shut off. And so I've mm -hmm. used it, but I would much rather eat it in chocolate <laughs> than take the little drops. <laughs> I have to look into that for sure. Yeah. So then let's talk about the food network show. Cause that was so much fun. First of all, cake boss, how awesome is that? But yeah. we just as a community, Arkansas is watching our little baby Carmen. <laughs> Man, it was, it was, it, it, and that, this is another, this is another uh, testimony as far as how God is intentional. Um, before I, I, I would say probably about seven or eight months before I even interviewed to be casted for that. Um, I had just randomly a, a casting director reach out to me, um, his broker, he has, he has property in New York and someone that sold him his condo in New York knows of me or knows me and mentioned my name and what he does as a casting director, he kind of tries to scout out kind of unfound talent, so to speak, for mm -hmm. shows, reality shows and whatnot. And so he just dropped a up a conversation and um, talked to me if I would ever be interested in TV. And I was like, yeah, I would. And we did a Skype interview, just like a casting, right? And um, absolutely bombed. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was going to be so prepared because I've done like local TV, you know, mm -hmm. like all the news, you know, I've done live TV and I totally bombed on this, on the, um, uh, casting that was just kind of, you know, just to see it, you know, how it went. And then after that, I never heard from her again. Like it was, it was, oh, gosh. I was like, Oh my gosh, I blew my one chance. <laughs> And then randomly, my husband are coming back from vacation, and I get this ping on Facebook of this casting agency that I uh, follow. And um, I was like, I think this would be a good show for me because not a lot of shows say, you know, as far as chocolate artists, you know, bakers, usually so much into baking, there's nothing for chocolate people. And um, I said, I'm going to apply for this. And so we literally came back on Wednesday by Friday. I was casting, I was doing my casting interview with them wow. and, and boom, it was just within a couple of weeks I got casted for, but had absolutely nothing to do with that guy before. Cause I, <laughs> like I said, I bombed, but if I would have not gone through that, 
I don't think I would have been as prepared to know what a casting director is even looking for and how to prevent myself if I had not gone through that. Sure. And that's, yes, exactly. I feel like I'm <laughs> saying that all the time, even to my kids. Like if you hadn't gone through that, you wouldn't be prepared for this. That's so right. good. It was so fun to watch you. What was it like to be on the show? Was oh, it as nerve wracking as it looked? <laughs> It's exhausting. It's exhausting. You know, reality TV, I should say, um, isn't that, it's not, it's not that it's not real, mm -hmm. but there, there is obviously a lot of staging, um, you know, um, that goes on with that because you just have so many. And then I've never been on a production on a large scale, like food network. Right. Okay? So, I mean, you have, four contestants, but you have a camera crew of 20 something people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're moving around the kitchen and what you guys don't see on TV, like there's cameras everywhere and guys just follow me. If I'm going to the freezer and running to the freezer, there's a camera guy backing up right there with, I mean, it's, that's, that's enough, right? Like <laughs> as coach, you want people out of your kitchen and you're literally in a studio and having to act like, you know, this is totally normal. Um, you know, long days. We were up call time was 6 a.m. So I've got to get up and ready at four o'clock and get my hair and makeup ready. And then we would wrap sometimes by the time we finished interviews, 11 o'clock. So mm -hmm. when you're seeing people cry <laughs> or you're seeing people break down we are literally tired we're so, exhausted. so exhausted but you have to you can't show that right mm -hmm. and you have to bring your a game and you know there's there's definitely some things um some little booby traps that happen yeah. uh, in order to make it good tv because if you know something's not falling apart then it's not good tv right so. <laughs> Well, it was so exciting to watch you. I mean, I've just, I really, I'm like, there's our little Carmen. On the oh my party. gosh. You know, that, that first round for me in that episode was an absolute nightmare, but, um, that, you know what? I had such a fun time overall and, um, I was just so proud to represent Arkansas. Mm -hmm. You know, well, we were proud of you. It was really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. And we talk about in shifter a lot, like pouring from an empty cup. And I feel like a lot of people that we interview say you can't pour from an empty cup. And that's something that you've said too. I'm interested to know just as a wife and a mom and a business owner, what your best practices are to make sure that you're still growing and that you're taking care of yourself. What's, what's the best way that you do that? You know, a lot of times during a busy season, it's hard for me to do that. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I got to get it while the getting is good sometimes. Um, but I will say that I have, um, become more diligent and intentional about taking the time for myself. Um, even if it's just small steps, even if it's say, for instance, cleaning up my diet, even if it is listening to my devotionals while I am cooking, you know, all those little things that I, I wish I could, you know, get up in the morning and practice my yoga, do my devotionals, <laughs> do all this. And I, the reality is, if life happens. I can't. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. But if I never take those small steps, then I'm, I'm no better off, right? And so for me, you know, I kind of, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, you know? And I know that if, um, say for instance, for me, my prayer life, um, if I'm not taking that time to, to feed that, then 
everything else starts going downhill for me, you know, and I know that those, I have to be intentional about that. Um, same thing with my eating, um, you know, my exercise. Um, I just have to start implementing those things one at a time because before I know it, I'm going to be so far gone, you know, from that. And like you said, you can't pour from an empty cup and I'm no, I'm, I can't be the best wife, the best mom, the best version of Carmen that I want to be if I look up and I've given to everything and everybody else but myself. Yeah, that's good. I like the message in that is like just one step. If you can just take mm -hmm. the one step, like if it's your diet that needs cleaning up and just do that for now. And that's helpful. That's helpful for anxiety. That's helpful for all kinds of things that lead into the next thing. But if you try to go mm -hmm. balls to the wall and I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to do my exercise and I'm going to do this and I'm going to journal and I'm going to meditate. And then by the right you forced it and you don't want to, force right. it. you want it to flow. So if you right. can, I like to listen, I'm in my car a lot. And so I like to listen to podcasts when I'm in my car or books or anything like that, but there will be days that go by that I don't even have time to do that because my phone won't stop ringing. Right. So right. Just, and, and for like, as a business owner, like <laughs> it never stops. Right? right. Like the emails keep coming. The requests for invoices keep coming. Like all these things, particularly as a business owner and a mom. And I had to say, you know what, at a certain time, there are business hours for me, even if I close the shop, but I can't, I, it's really hard, um, to balance, you know, being present with my child. And then I'm sitting here on my phone, sending off, blasting off emails, you know, mm -hmm. something as simple that I started implementing is first thing in the morning. I don't check my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not checking emails. I'm getting up, get my daughter going. I'm having my coffee and then I will get into that. But for so long, I mean, I, it was just, I get home, I'm on my phone or computer. I wake up, I'm on my phone. Like everything was just pulling at me and I was just like, I can't do it. Yeah. That's when someone asked me for a piece of advice when they're stressed and that, you know, cause I'm a certified life coach. I don't practice a lot of life coaching, but I like to know like why people do the things that they do so that we can teach that in our shifter program but someone will reach out to me and say, I'm so stressed or at the beginning of this year. In fact, our um, head school nurse for our district, I could tell she was, she never stopped from March until even when we shut down for the summer school shut down and everything because she's the contact tracing person, like all this stress. Mm -hmm. And I could feel it from her. We're friends, but I could feel it through like the energy of her posts or from, so I checked in on her and the piece of advice that I gave her was, get up an hour earlier than you know you have to be on your phone and spend that time without your phone. It makes mm -hmm. a huge difference. Huge I do the same thing. We get up and go to the gym every morning and then I mm -hmm. come home and sit down with my coffee and then fix my son breakfast. And then I'm checking my phone. Like I'd, mm -hmm. I'd make sure that I get all of that out of the way because if I pick up my phone, I go down a rabbit hole and all of a sudden it's an hour later and what have I done? <laughs> And then you were on TikTok, right? <laughs> oh girl, I took TikTok off my phone. I can't even have it on my phone because it will suck an hour and a half out of me before. It, it will. It will. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I even went so far as to, um, the only notifications I have on my devices are text messages, phone calls, um, and emails. Yes. App, yeah. app notifications. Mm -hmm. I do not app, not, no target, like nope, nope, nope. You know, everything's bombarding you. And I think that, we have become masters of mass distraction. Yeah. Okay. Like we want to focus on everybody else, but ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I needed to break out all that noise, um, in order to 
get some of the things for myself that I needed accomplished because, and I couldn't, not that I couldn't, I didn't because I was too distracted in everything else. Yeah. That's great advice. I do the same thing with notifications because I'll mm-hmm. get on Facebook and I'll have hundreds. I'm not kidding because I have so many, I have businesses and pages and all these things that I manage. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. I got a ding for every time, I would be an anxious mess. That's really good advice. <laughs> Everyone go turn off your notifications. Right. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about um, Valentine's Day is coming up. And yes. I understand that you ship worldwide. What, we do. What kind of products, I know that you don't have that laid out now. This interview is being um, uh, recorded in December, but we're planning for that. Like what kind of things can they go to your website and you'll have stuff to pick from there? Is that the best way to do it? Or tell us kind of what people like at Valentine's day. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I know you have a audience all over and so the best way to get our products are through our website. That is uh, cocobellchocolates.com. I'm sure you'll provide a link somewhere mm-hmm. in the podcast description for that. Um, so we specialize in chocolate truffles, you know, things that I fell in love with. That's what I specialize in for years. Um, so we'll have a beautiful selection of chocolate truffles. We have three different size boxes you can choose from that come assorted. Um, we also have chocolate sauces. We have chocolate butter, which is amazing. <laughs> the first time I had chocolate butter was in France and they brought chocolate butter on the side of a croissant. Oh, oh my gosh. Like you think Nutella is good. <laughs> chocolate butter is like legit this, you know, the stuff. Um, <laughs> and uh, we also have cocoa spice pecans. During um, Valentine's season, we'll pick up into some different, um, some more products and things like that that we offer seasonally. So that's going to probably be the best way we ship nationwide, worldwide. Um, and of course, if you're in central Arkansas, you can visit our store downtown Little Rock um, inside of Bella Vita Jewelry. That's at 108 West 6th Street in downtown Little Rock. Um, we have a case there plus all of our products. Uh, we also do hot cocoa mixes and all kinds of offerings. So definitely check out either our store or online and you know, support well, us. Now my mouth is watering. <laughs> Chocolate butter. <laughs> I know, I know. I've got to think of some keto options for us now. I'm all keto friendly and everything myself. Personally, I hate it because I can't try my products right now. Oh so, my gosh. I'll you be- know, we do have a couple of things um, that are allergen free, um, dairy free. Um, and so those are great options and I'm kind of exploring doing some, you know, keto friendly options too. That's awesome. And so even if like Valentine's day is coming and Galentine's day, so you can buy these for your girlfriends, but also Mm -hmm. they can just go to your website at any time and you've got products up at any time, right? Yes. 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 The only time where it does get tricky is during the summer months. Obviously, um, if we're going to ship during the summer months, it has to go packed with ice two days. It's a little, it gets, summer months is usually a slower time for us. Um, but uh, if you're willing to pay the additional shipping for ice, then we will definitely send it out. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> we end every interview with three questions. So surprise. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm. Um, I, I think it's some life advice. I remember, um, it was actually a boss. One of my first jobs was Foot Locker at Park Plaza Mall. And my boss called me. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Was Frank your manager? Uh, no. Frank Holcomb? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we're a little different in ages. <laughs> so um, one of the best pieces of advice he gave me, and I always remember it was mind the yellow lights, meaning that whether or not it's a relationship or a business venture, something, mind the yellow lights. You, you may have a plan and you want to go straight through that light but look at the warnings there are going to be warnings and signs and it's whenever we ignore the yellow lights mm -hmm. it's when we get ourselves in trouble That's right great and so i i mean i was 15 or 16 when he told me that and there are a few key pieces of advice that just like are ingrained in my head and um i sometimes we need to just slow down and just mind the yellow lights because if we don't it can definitely come crashing into a red light before you know it. Well, so that's one of the best pieces of advice um, that I've had. That is great um, advice. I've carried with me all these years. My Foot Locker manager was not quite so insightful. <laughs> 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 what would you say is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm. Um. Oh, gosh. Um worst piece of advice I try to block all that out oh, that's good um <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> uh, you know um I think there's this culture and I don't know if it's the worst adv advice because no one's really ever told me this but I think there's a message in culture now to just do you right like do you and, and that's in and, and sometimes it's to the detriment of not thinking of others. I have seen over the years, we get more and more selfish, but for the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. right? And we're not, we're not giving as much. We're not as forgiving as much. We are so polarized, whether or not it's in politics or whatever, right? And so having compassion for the fellow man um, and, like I'm my brother's keeper. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the things that we are just getting so like selfish for the wrong, <laughs> not only wrong reason, but we're kind of going down a rabbit hole of, you know, destruction. And I really try to surround myself with people that uplift me and I can pour into them. Yes. You know what I'm saying, yeah, I can, I can no longer give my time and energy to negativity. Amen. I can't. Yep. We talk about energy vampires, um, that kind of like where you, you have to be very careful where you spend your energy because you will, mm -hmm. if you're around people who have this negative energy, you absorb that whether you want mm -hmm. to or not, it just happens you, before you right. can even realize it. So being intentional about not being around the negative is great. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. The last question is what is the best book you've ever read and why? Ooh, um, I would say I read for so long. I've gotten in, I've gotten out of some of reading for entertainment. I delved for years so much into business mm -hmm. <laughs> and educating myself as far as business. And I always tell one of the uh, best ones of Michael Gerber is the E Myth. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I love that book. Mm -hmm. I I know it all the revisited all the different versions and stuff like that. Um, and I think particularly for anyone that's starting a business, e-myth is a great 
a book because it talks about the entrepreneurial myth that um, every a lot of people believe that kind of if I build it, they will come and then you end up working in your business rather than on your business. And that you have three different types of, you have the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur. And you really have to be really honest with yourself about what are you, what are you best suited for? Because if you are loving being the technician in the hands on, you will not do very well managing and being the entrepreneur part of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to be honest with yourself and play your position. I think for a very long time early in my business, I was trying to do all the things, Mm -hmm. all of it, because I had to, and it was out of necessity. And then before I knew it, I, what brought me so much joy in my business, I ended up despising it. I didn't want to get up because I was doing things that I was not well suited for, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it really kind of not only made me self-reflect, but gave me some practical things that I could put into place. Um, and that's helped me in my business and in my personal life too. Yeah, that's a great book. And it's funny that you brought it up because we just talked about it, uh, in my shifter business, we were talking about how, you know, when you start a business, you, and also in my other business with Daniel, mm-hmm. when you start a business, you feel like you have to do all the things. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden you're just doing a job. And so it's really right. easy to burn out. And, but if you can delegate or find people who can do like, for me, admin work, because that just mm-hmm. drains the life out of me, then you're mm-hmm. free to do the things that bring you joy and go do the revenue generating things. Right, right, exactly. That's a yeah. great book. I'm glad you brought that one up. Okay, yeah. so I guess that wraps us up for today. I'm so thankful that you are spending this time with me. And we will put in the show notes how to find you, your website, and we'll make sure that we promote it for Valentine's Day. You guys, Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, whatever you're celebrating, get you some fancy truffles. It's not selfish. (laughs) It's self-care. Yes. Yes. Thanks so much for being with me today, Carmen. You were great. Thank you so much, Gretchen. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Shift Her Podcast. We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media, and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at Shift Her, Instagram at shifther.co, and read more about us at www.shifther.co. While you're there, sign up for our High Vibe monthly newsletter, where we share even more inspiration and stories from our Mastermind program. Links from today's episode are in the show notes.